Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. Just a matter of like, I think, you know, so much of, this isn't just even a sober thing, but so much of life is like the fear of just doing something, you know, like just, mm-hmm. just actually um, pulling the plug and, and starting it because... Mm-hmm. The ramp up is that fear period of like, I think we were talking about this the other day, like anticipation. Like, um, Mm -hmm. and I think we, we even, we had an instance of someone kind of needing to figure out how they could, you know, have this conversation with someone. And, and it was a difficult conversation. And, uh, I've often found that in my life, those difficult conversations are like so much worse in my head than they end up being. Like the reality right. almost never outweighs the fear that I can place on. My head does amazing things to me in terms of blowing things out of proportion, making them way scarier than they are, you know, and and the reality is like if you just start, put one foot in front of the other, like the fear just instantly do it. goes away. Just, just do it. And it's it's kind of like what you and I talked about with the book that we're working on and um, just do it. Just, just do, yeah. Next, next, yeah. next. I yeah. mean, just do it. Just do it. Yep. And because uh, again, it's that thinking about doing it that causes us to feel stuck. You know, right. just take that action. Just pick up that phone. Just right. you know, or or sometimes the action could be picking up the phone and asking for help. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, we just we just do just taking that action that we might be resisting taking, mm. and that to me, I think it's just do it just do it and um what a great like little topic for today you know just just do it yeah the old, um, the old nike and, I, and like we look back on the stuff that you and i were working on and it's like a month ago we were barely even having conversations about it and now we're um nearing completion and yeah it's it's, it's just because what? we i i think move forward i think you're such a great example of that um, in your story that you that you've shared with me and and shared a little bit on this podcast, I think I remember you saying one time that like you know I have I have all that I have as a result of just saying yes, like just kind of like you know yeah I'll do that, and I think that's really that's a principle that like gets lost in our culture a lot. Like there's a lot of like this weird sort of discernment thing. It's not even discernment. It's like it's it's like oh well don't be careful what you say yes to or like really guard yourself or really and some of that is really true you know like some some of it is boundaries and some of it is all that but a lot of it is like I remember a specific instance when I was playing music I would take any gig that I could that was just like advice that was given to me early on by someone really successful they were like just don't be a snob about the uh, about the gigs that you play play anything play a birthday play a you know clown party whatever it is get in front of people as much as you can swing as much as you can like when you're learning to play baseball you know swing as much as hard as you can as much as you can and um and i remember 
one time uh, we had this really talented session singer who's going to come in and sing on um, this record that my uh, songwriting partner and I were doing. And songwriting partner was way further along in the business than I was. I was just kind of starting out. But I knew this session singer, and so I gave her um, uh, the guy's name. And, um, and like, within, you know, the first conversation... She was like, oh, I would love to be on this record. This would be such an honor. Like, I would love to do this. It was a great foot in the door for her. And then, like, came this follow-up email that was, like, this really long manifesto of, like, well, you're going to need to pay me this, and then can I get my name on this, and then can I do this? And it was all, like, I, it, it almost felt like something, like, she called her mom, and her mom was like, you should probably do this, this, and this, and and really get solidified and, and use the old school stuff. And as a result, like, my producer friend was like, we're not doing it. We're, we're just not going to work with her oops <laughs> like i mean what what was supposed to be like the conventional wisdom in terms of do this ended up costing her the whole job because she was trying too hard to be quote unquote professional like it's you just have to say yes like you just have to get in there and do I it i see that so many times i mean it's funny i you know my um I mean, again, you're right. I mean, that's exactly what i've done. I was like thrown into the fire of learning to do what i do and it's like Okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but yes, I'll do I'll do my best. You know, I'll just step in and do my best. I think that's what you and I've done with the podcast. You know, I've never done I've I don't know if any listeners out there, I've never even listened to a podcast. But that even is the funniest. That's actually I've, a very true statement that we just need to pause for a second. Richard I've has never, never heard a podcast. I've never heard a podcast. <laughs> Other than this. And when I told him what a podcast was, he's like, oh, never. I've never listened to one. And then here we are. Never listened to one. <laughs> I, I still haven't, to be honest with you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and, um, but you know, some, you know, one of the things I do in my sessions with people, I have a woman that, um, is an aspiring writer. Uh, but she was so, she was so into judgment about it. And her husband is a very famous writer and a lot of accolades and sold, you know, lot, lots and lots of books. And she had always want, wanted to write poetry. And we would get into our sessions and she said, she would say, Richard, she said, I'm really not feeling very inspired. I really haven't written anything at all this week. I'm not writing. And I go, okay, we'll grab a piece of paper, grab, grab a notepad. And um, I'm going to put the timer on for 20 minutes, and you just write. And she said, well, what am I going to write about? I said, it doesn't make any difference. Writers write. And what I want you to do is I want you to be at the end of this session and be able to say, not say that I haven't written. And, and so, so today, at the end of the day, you can say, I, di I did some writing. And it, there's real power in that. And I think, you know, I did my first three cds i didn't know what the hell i was doing um i just i gave myself permission to write the biggest piece of garbage that i could possibly write and it would be okay and uh, that was me getting out of the judgment and i gave myself a time frame and, you know i for every month i would write a song every month and i had these conditions that it would lyrics and music and and it would all be typed out and in a binder and I'd have it memorized. And I had 30 days to do that. And whatever came out at the end of 30 days is and what I was left with. And um, and then I would move on to the I mean, next. Yep, next. Next. Well, that's that's next. the perfect that's the perfect mantra is just next and the perfect philosophy is next. Like I think what needs to happen in a lot of people's lives is and I think the gift of maybe, you know, going through 
bouts with addiction and, and stuff like that. That's one example of something that can kind of break you and go, the rules are broken. Like all of a sudden the world doesn't operate in the neat confines of what we thought it was supposed to operate in. And I think that actually ends up helping people. Like an expert is just an expert because they were bold enough and brave enough to fake it at one point. Like they were able to say, sure, I'll jump in here. And gradually over time, now we call them experts. And especially in the day and age we live in, like, I, I really don't think, you know, things like letters next to your name and PhDs and stuff are going to hold as much water as they used to because knowledge is even changing. Like the way that we intersect with knowledge is not the same as memorizing like it used to be. Like it's not impressive anymore for someone to be able to like rattle off a bunch of facts. Like my phone can do that. Like <laughs> what, I, what I'm impressed with is someone who can ask good questions and tries to see things in a different way. And those are usually people that have been through something that kind of made them go, oh, oh, wait a minute, I don't need permission to go and do this. I already have permission. Like, I am already enough. Even though it's scary, I'm going to step into it and, and do it. The perfect example of this, and I'll get my Bible story out of the way <laughs> early on this episode. <laughs> early on. This isn't even a Bible story. It's just a character I find fascinating. And his, uh, his name is Paul, and he's a big deal in, in the New Testament. He wrote most of the you know, New Testament and he said a lot of stupid shit, but he's a, he's a good, <laughs> he's a good example of someone who like, he was this expert in this other field before. So he was like this, you know, huge expert in Jewish law and tradition and all this stuff to the point that he was like persecuting this new, this new sect of Judaism, which was then known as like people that followed the way, which was the way of Christo, like the Christ. So they weren't even called Christians at this point. This is like so early on, but he's looking at these people who are doing things in a different new way and saying, it can't be done like that. Like you have to stick to the old ways, like the new, nothing new happens. And, and that sounds an awful lot like a lot of people I know right now, right? Like, like you can't, nothing new can happen possible. I mean, you've got to, this is the way it works. You go to college, you get the job, you get the white picket fence, you retire, you die. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of that black and white black thinking. And, white thinking. and, and he had this experience, which we usually use now. It's like that, you know, white light experience. The white light experience comes from Paul where he's on the road to Damascus and he gets knocked down and is blinded for like three days. And, then comes out of it with this huge revelation of like, oh, wow, these people that I was totally against are, are actually doing something that now I'm super fired up about. And when he got out of that thing, he went and started more churches and more communities than even the people that had come before him had, had done who were like with Jesus, like physically. Like there's a thing in the Bible called mm -hmm. an apostle. And an apostle is a fancy religious word for someone who was literally like, next to Christ like that's they they were witness to him so meaning like they were physically with him and he literally would he went and found like Peter these people who were like apostles quote unquote and he was like what do you guys call yourselves and they're like oh apostles and he's like all right yeah that's me too like and they're like wait but no no no, you've never you've never been around you and he's like no nope, doesn't matter and like just kept going and going and the reason that's we have Christianity yeah. is because of Paul like we wouldn't have it if it weren't for someone who was like I see the rigid rules but they don't matter to me anymore doesn't yeah it doesn't have to look a certain way there's we've let go of the conditions you know we've let go of that conditionality we let go of that the only this can only happen if this looks this way and 
and so so much of what we got going on today in the world with you know coming back after the pandemic and stuff things are, are we're having to open up our way of thinking about things and i think uh, i know that i am i know you and i both are and uh our focus is placed in a little bit different area and i think i think for me i think you know i'm a little bit more willing to make mistakes and have failure you know in order to have things that really are important to me go well you know and i think um i think that's been a little bit of the journey with you and i you know at the first we had a couple of stumbling blocks and it's like oh my god can we move forward with this and it's like you know fuck it yeah we can do whatever the hell oh, we want that's a beautiful do. moment of like yeah these rules yeah we we just went we went right through we <laughs> yeah but it's 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 really interesting because in the big picture of things people would go wow that's kind of risky and you know what that's what that's what moving forward that's what saying yes is all about it's about willing to take that risk and and today i think um more than ever you know we've seen you know when when we when we've lived through a pandemic and we've had businesses shut down and we've spent a year and a half not knowing what's going to happen not knowing living with the uncertainty living with not knowing living if this is a new way of life and you know gratefully today it looks like you know we might be beyond it we still don't really know absolutely but i think people are a little bit more willing to take risks take chances on behalf of their happiness be take chances on on behalf of having meaning and purpose in their life and so sometimes we you know there's that saying that people that are successful in doing things that they really love are people that have not been really afraid to experience failure that's that's just it it's they've yeah i was thinking about this on the on the drive over to here i'm in a place in my life where um Oh, this is a whole this is a whole thing. I, I I've been in a place, I think, in early sobriety and so and if if you're listening to this and you're in early sobriety and if you're listening to this and you're in any sort of program, you could probably relate to this in the early stages of it. But like I passed this um this big, like it's it's just it looks like a pile of dirt, right? And on the pile of dirt it has this sign and the sign says future home of uh the Culver City public market. And, and it's this beautiful painting of, and, and depiction of what this pile of dirt is one day going to look like. And I took a picture of it as I went by and I, because it meant something to me and I couldn't figure out what it was. And it wasn't until like right now that it hit me, but I was like, oh, that's a picture of my life. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's the pile of dirt that somebody can see, oh, right here, this is where the Culver City public market is going to be. For me, I, mm -hmm. it feels like the pile of dirt. Right. Like it feels like this right. is just it's so hard and it's it's gripping in every day. But what's amazing is to get to that pile of dirt, they had to tear something completely down. Right. Like something else stood there before and they had to right. level it and start from scratch to build something new. And that's kind of the the rhythm of life we can't be afraid of is the fact that right. we're so afraid of that that pile of dirt when it takes the pile of dirt to build you know, the public market or whatever it might be that's there. And it also like, it just, it, that's, we talked about this a little bit with you and I, but that's what groundbreaking means. Groundbreaking. If you break ground on something is it, that. It really, know? yeah. Again, there's, uh, you know, a lot of times I will recommend, uh, there's a beautiful book by Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, the great Buddhist um, monk. And he's uh, 
one of my favorite authors and he's written what 120 books or something like that and he has a book called the mud and the lotus and um the lotus is arguably one of the most beautiful flowers in the world and it can only grow out of a compost heap and it's 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 very rare that because it requires all the muck and the mud and the bacteria that can only be found in the in the compost heap and that is like fertile ground for one of the most beautiful flowers in the world and what a what a great metaphor for um people in recovery people going through difficult moments and recognizing that it's through those difficult moments sometimes that we start to see things in ourselves that we never would have seen before you know are like just what you were not just like what you were not, you were talking about just before we, we went online with a podcast you were saying that you are really seeing that because you have clarity of mind today because you've taken whatever toxins out of your body that you were in utilizing that your the sense of possibility that you see in your life today is feeling almost limitless i was talking to someone earlier today and they were saying the same thing they were they like she put her hand in her head and she said oh my god she said if i keep making if i keep saying yes if i keep making these healthy choices for myself and move away from the habit behavior that i was engaging in she said, I'm starting to feel like there's almost a sense of limitlessness to my life. The possibility is limitless because she said, I'm really able to be present with my healthy thinking. I'm seeing possibility where I never would have thought there was possibility. I think it's so beautiful. And that idea of just like saying yes is such a powerful, like, I, I think about that in nature and I think about like, does the, I mean, you don't see a tree like saying, nope, I'm done growing. Like nope. I'm just, I'm just done. Or like the butterfly, the, the caterpillar doesn't go like, nope, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to become Sorry. the butterfly. Like it's just something that they naturally. Just too in. difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, this is, I, I actually have a great, this, uh, this past weekend, I told you, you know, Chelsea and I went to this butterfly exhibit thing and, and, um, and the butterfly for me has always been this like image of, but it's but it's such a it's such a basic low hanging fruit you know it's on like you know I don't know like white women's Instagram all the time like it's <laughs> it's it's like basic you know whatever and and it's been tried out and all that kind of stuff and and it's kind of cliche but standing in the midst of like literally hundreds of these butterflies you kind of get the sense that like wow this is really a cliche for a reason like these things are insanely beautiful insanely like majestic and they've what's so beautiful about them is like they've all been through this crazy ugly struggle which if you've ever seen a butterfly like actually go through crystallis like it's it's gruesome and ugly and bloody and they have to mm -hmm. bust out of this thing but i learned something when i was there that i was like oh that's why i was supposed to be here this is the little nugget that i'm gonna grab from this but i overheard a lady talking to um it was one, it was a lady who worked there talking to a child and the child, uh, was really upset because there was a, there's a butterfly that had passed away and it was on the ground. And, um, and so he was, you know, just like in tears. And I mean, that must be like a traumatic thing. You bring a kid there to see all these beautiful butterflies <laughs> and all of a sudden there's a dead one, but the kid kind of, you know, was, was going through it. And then they saw another one and it had its wing broken and he started, you know, 
crying about that. And, and I was like, this is just not a good environment for them. Uh, but they, the lady who worked there really comforted the, the child and said, well, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter. Like the, the butterflies have breakable wings. And the kid looked at her and he went, what? And he said, well, the butterflies, if a bird comes and attacks them, it can tear off portions of their wing. They can't feel their wings and it's built like that so that they can keep on flying even if something comes and, and wrecks them and destroys them. And I was like that, why don't people talk about that part of the butterfly even more? Like even because they've gone through this transformation now they have breakable wings, which is not, it's such a beautiful picture, like not unbreakable wings, but wings that can be broken and still fly and still function in the world. And I think that's, like the way that you talk about spirituality, um, the reason it's so refreshing to me and the stuff I'm learning from you is that is such a more healthy picture of like spirituality than unbreakable wings or take this from me or, you know, just giving it away to God and never dealing with it. Like, like it really comes down to you can, you can be broken, you can go through things and you're, yeah. In fact, almost encouraging that brokenness, the struggle that happens. I mean, because if you if you try to help a, a butterfly out of the chrysalis uh, because of its struggle, if you um, try to make a little tear in the chrysalis so that it might be easy for it to get out, it won't survive. It needs every single minute of that struggle in order to be strong enough to be able to survive in the world. There's a, you know... Um, there's a wonderful story about um, this place in Arizona. I think it was in the 70s, and they created uh, the Biodome. Um, and it was a place that was created, scientifically engineered, and it was created to have uh, to build an environment where uh, people could flourish, where it was maintained and they could monitor and make sure that everything was going exactly the way the scientists felt it needed to go in order to um, have a healthy lifestyle. And um, people went there and they lived there for months. And, um, and it worked out very well. Uh, it was only after, I think, I don't know if it was months or years that they started to notice that there was a problem that was happening. All the trees that, were, that they had planted in the biodome as they grew would eventually fall over. And they couldn't understand why the trees what, what was it, what was going on? They, there was nothing. They just kept falling over. They would get to a certain height, and then they would they would just tumble. And after a, a little bit of investigation, they realized that the one thing that they had neglected to create in the biodome was wind. Uh, trees require the wind to push up against them to create the struggle that allows their roots roots to grow deep into the soil of the earth. And so that it's that struggle that gives the trees their strength, just like the struggle out of the chrysalis of the butterfly gives it its strength. It's the same thing with a baby chicken coming out of an egg. If you crack the egg of a chicken and try to help it out, it won't have developed the strength that it needs to be able to survive. And what a great metaphor for for recovery, even you know mental health and mental illness. Uh, our struggles are what give us um, what we need to have to be able to to be strong in the world. I mean, there are stories about the Tibetan monks. They used to pray for difficulties and challenges 
so that they can develop patience and courage. We don't develop patient, patience and courage unless we're given opportunities where they're required, where we have to develop Well, them. and that's, that's right. I mean, in any sort of faith tradition or wisdom tradition, like the, there's always an acknowledgement that struggle's a part of the deal. Like, I mean, in Christianity, that gets muted and people don't talk about that enough, but you literally have a Jesus who dies on a cross. Like that's, you know, like the ultimate embodiment of struggle. And, and I, I love Buddhism because it's just right out there with it. It's like, you know, this is a part of the I deal. Mean, the, the Buddha, a lot of people don't really realize, but the Buddha struggled with his thinking, you know, and that was this entity of Mara that he wound up developing uh, and a relationship with ultimately that gave him, uh, part of the solution to our suffering in the world. It's our relationship to our thing. Cause, so that so again, you know, this concept of just saying yes, uh, our struggles, the difficult moments in our lives um, are, are really what's empowering us to move forward in a lot of ways. And it's our reframing of those difficulties. You know, I look back on my life and man, there were years that my life was just a, a shit show. You know, and at the time, I was like, it, it didn't feel good. Um, but uh, I look, I look at it now, and it was like it was building a sense of, um, of inner strength in me, and uh, it allows me to sit with people today, and and to to have difficult moments and not get too swept away by them, you know, not get too invested, not not spin down the rabbit yeah, hole, you yeah. know. Well, yeah, I just love. I love that that's the way that life works, you know, and, and unfortunately, I don't know who invented this narrative, but it's in us that like, it's not like, it's not supposed to be difficult or it's, we're not supposed to face struggle or we're not, we're just supposed to live these perfect sort of Walmart lives that like don't encounter these things. But like, the truth is like, if it weren't for the hardest parts of my life, I wouldn't be grateful for the life that I have right now. I wouldn't be where I am right now. Like I, I, I look at my struggles with alcoholism, with depression, with, you know, the myriad of things that I've had to try and overcome. And if it weren't for the fact that I had to overcome them, like I, I would not be happy. Like I, <laughs> I just think of my life like before all that. And I, I, there's a reason I wanted to burn it all down, you know, like I, I secretly, if not, you know, out in the openly, like I, 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 maybe I didn't even know it yet, but like my, burning it to the ground was sort of like a control burn. It was like, I have yeah, to, it's like, this shouldn't exactly. be, this shouldn't be the way it, it should, is. Something yeah. is wrong. I'm living in And we talk about this with the, with the values. Like there's this, I, there's, if I'm not living in the stuff that's non-negotiable, that's, that's unconditional in my life that I really like, I think what the beauty of the, the values is listing those things in your life that are non-conditionals. Like I, I will yeah. need they honesty. They don't change. I need, yeah bravery i need you know the things that are on my list kindness kindness if open-minded lightheartedness yeah. you know these things that that doesn't if yeah that doesn't change based on the exactly situation. and if we're if we're living in dissonance to those things which is what happens when i'm when i'm living outside of like the things that truly matter to me like stuff catches on fire like <laughs> it's just the, it's the nature of how it is um but i can't i can't kind of get to that point like without you know uh, going through the shit, you know, you have to kind of go through the struggle to get to the really that's, good stuff. But yeah, 
And that's that's why there's a, a, a saying that I find a lot in in some of the Buddhist literature, and we we have the next difficult moment, and we our attitude can be either one of resistance, or we can go, oh, this too. Oh, and that. Oh, and this too. Oh, th- this is interesting. And it, again, we bring this sense of curiosity, this sense of the sense of almost adventure to the difficult moments, and we. Because that attitude, if there's one thing that we do have control over, it's our attitude about what's happening. And we can either bring a sense of, of curiosity and interest and, and adventure to it, or we can bring a sense of futility. And um, for me, uh, I, I don't do it perfectly, but I think I love how they talk about, Pema Chodron talks a lot about it. She said, oh, well, you know what? That didn't go very well. Mm. <laughs> next i love that well, i love it just it's just like water <laughs> that off didn't your go back. very just well like, okay, like, yeah it just kind of rolls off that, well that didn't really work out the way i thought it yeah, would go <laughs> yeah i think i've told you this story i don't know if this has been on the podcast but i like the the my my manager in high school for the band that i was in we were signed and we had this manager. He also owned the string of like um, music stores and he was like the most incredible salesman you could ever imagine in your life. Like he just, I've witnessed him multiple times, kind of like a guy's playing a guitar for the first time ever. He'll walk into the room, into the space. And somehow that guy's walking out of there with that guitar. Like, I don't know how it works, but like he just has this energy about him, you know? Yeah. But his big thing was don't take anything personally. Like if, if the person doesn't want to buy that instrument, like, you know, it's not, it's not because you did something wrong. It's because that instrument isn't for them. You know, like just, just, okay. Okay, cool. Like good. And I think so much of our, like our, the struggle is one thing, but the pain on top of the struggle, the pain on top of the struggle is added because we, we do tend to take things so personally, like it's not working right. because the world hates or, me or, or whatever we, it is, you know, or sometimes we maybe we set ourselves up with an agenda we have we're attached to an outcome we have an idea of how we think it should go i've well I've, i did all the right stuff i did what i was supposed to do and it's still not going the way that i want it to go and again we it's really up to us we can still say yes okay or we can push against it and resist it and wish it was different and that's when we get to realize what what is opening me to struggle and what is opening me to a sense of freedom it's really it's it's an individual choice where do i want to go it's real my attitude about what's happening is really going to be ultimately up to me because it doesn't change what if i if i get mad because something doesn't go the way i want it to go it doesn't change the way things went it doesn't change the truth um, I'm just engaging in in uh, in resistance, and so again, I think this concept of just saying yes, uh, that is really up to me. I can I can have this experience and say yes to it, and it can be difficult, and it can be uh, wonderful, and it could be everything in between. And I I can still see it as the truth. Just saying yes is basically embracing the truth. Mm. Uh, Rabbi um, Lawrence Kushner has this. Uh the story it's a midrash is what they call it it's like a story it's a riff on a bible story so this isn't my second bible story this is a riff on a bible <laughs> kind of uh but he says that there are these two guys named uh reuben and simon it, it's this moment where moses has split the red sea and they're walking through it right they're literally walking through a miracle 
and there's these walls of water to their right, and if they look up, they'd see, you know, whales popping through, or whatever it might be. Um, probably weren't whales in the sea, but whatever. It's, <laughs> go with me on this. Uh, and and they're walking through, but Ruben and, Ruben and Simon are, are just staring down at their feet, going, like, oh, look at how muddy this ground is. Like, look at how disgusting this path is that we're walking. We didn't have this path in Egypt. We should go back to Egypt where, like, the path was dry. And, like, how would God send us in this? And the whole point is they're always just looking down and they're never looking up. So there's never a moment where they look up to realize they're walking through the miracle. So much of our life, if we're adding an attitude of cynicism or disgust or whatever it might be that we bring in addition to the hard time, we may be looking down at the mud on our sandals and not realizing that like we're standing in the midst of this miracle 